What's up guys, Captain Carlos here with Marea Gear. So tonight I want to talk to you about Snook and how to target them under the cover of darkness and be more successful at it, okay? Uh, I've been chasing these things for just over three decades. Uh, grew up fishing the local piers, uh, Daniel Pier Commercial down here in Fort Lauderdale for them. Um, my typical setup uh, for targeting them was... Uh, a spinning reel. I was using a five to eight thousand size spinning reel loaded with 15 to 20 pound mono or 30 to 40 pound braided line, just depending on you know what I was doing. Um, if I was fishing in the winter time for them and you know targeting them with like a shrimp and a troll right, I like the mono, you know, having that little extra stretch in the mono was nice. Especially when they, you know, took a run at the pilings or any structure, having that little forgiveness and the memory in the monofilament is in your favor. Trust me, guys. Uh, if you're fishing the braided line, not so much. There's no stretch in braid. So, you know, if that braid hits the, the concrete column or rock, ping, see you later. You know, you lose the fish for the most part. Um, so that, that was a typical setup if I was throwing troll rights. If I was fishing, um, like, you know, just a free line outfit with some, you know, pilchards or a little finger mullet or what have you, um, I could still run the mono, okay, but then I actually liked having the braid because I could sock it down, um, sock down the drag, okay, uh, and put, apply a little bit more tension, um, and, you know, that would help keep the fish away from the, the structure. So that's pretty much your, your setup, you know, a five, like I said, five to 8,000 size spinning reel, uh, 30 to 40 pound braid or 15 to 20 pound mono, depending on what you're doing. You're matching it up with that, um, seven to eight foot, 15 to 25 or 30 pound rod and you want to make sure that the rod has a fast action tip that is crucial that'll help you um, stay connected to the bottom okay and, and feel when your your bait is near the bottom or your lure is near the bottom okay and detect that but it also prevent you from flicking off baits too just having that little extra give uh, so that's the spinning setup <laughs> when I'm out there, I always like to have a, a bait cast set up as well. The bait caster I've got, I've got a, a Daiwa Lexa 400 PWR. That's the power version. Reason being I'm mentioning this, guys, is the power version is the version that you want if you're throwing a lot of lures, like jigs, swim baits, anything like that. That's the one you want. It's got stainless steel gears, okay? And when I mean gears, the main gear is solid stainless. The pinion gear is solid stainless, which is kind of unheard of. Most manufacturers um, use a brass pinion gear, okay? And the reason they use that is because, one, it's inexpensive. It's easier to produce, okay? Um, and they probably make more money on it, okay? Well, Daiwa 
changed their philosophy a little bit and they changed it to stainless steel, which is helping out tremendously, um, at least in, in my eyes. Okay, when you're targeting fish that are capable of just pretty much manhandling you and taking you into the, the rocks or the jetties, or, you know, or, or bridge abutments, pilings, what have you, um, you want a drag that performs very well and is silky smooth, but you also want gears that won't strip and that will handle that torque time after time, you know, time and time again. Um, that's what this reel does. So when, whatever reel you pick, just make sure it's got good quality gears, you know, and a, and a nice drag system because that's going to be crucial when you're trying to stop these fish. The reel, I've got it matched to an 8-foot custom swim bait rod made by Abbott Rods. Uh, Chris Abbott, he's up in the Northeast. He was a guy down in the Keys for a while. Uh, good buddy of mine. He's He makes killer rods. If you guys are looking for you know a, a nice swim bait rod and that's what you like to throw, a lot of swim baits or jigs, um, not a bad gig. But the rod, the reason I like it so much it's got micro guides on it. It doesn't weigh anything. It's got a super fast tip, and you can pretty much feel everything. Um, it's kind of deceiving uh, how um, how powerful it is because the blank is so thin. But it's it's just an awesome rod. Matched up, I mean, I could feel everything, which is that's half the battle when you're throwing lures. You know, as much as I do. Um, feeling every little movement that your your lure is doing um, it, it just makes you feel more connected you know to what the bait's doing in the water and I think it's just crucial so that's the setup um, either one you're gonna be wanting uh, you know the the bait caster or the spinner you're gonna want to run a three to four foot section of anywhere from 30 to 60 pound liter uh at times i'll run 80 but that that's the average uh the reason i give it such a range is it really depends on structure and where you're fishing if you're fishing <coughs> along the beach you know where there's a lot of sand and there's not too much stuff happening you can downsize your your line and you know probably get a bit more not that the fish will see it so much but you'll feel the bait and it'll be a little more responsive um you know if you downsize that leader i always uh tell my buddies or anybody that asks me you know what i like to do i like to fish as light a leader as i can get away with if that makes sense so if i'm fishing the beach like i said or any area that's pretty open, I'm going to use the lightest leader I can get away with. Um, if I'm fishing heavier structure, then you're just going to adjust accordingly. You know, bump it up to 60, maybe even 80 sometimes. Um, if I'm live bait fishing, uh, the setup I have is a little bit different. Because uh, I like fishing big baits. I'm a big bait kind of guy. So... Um, my setup is a Saltis 50, uh, matched to an eight foot custom, you know, I call it the whooping stick, but 
Um, it's got a lot of backbone. It's like almost like a 50 pound class blank, but it's got a, a good soft tip so I can, you know, feel what the, the live bait's doing. It's got double footed uh, SIC guides, which, I mean, that's huge. It, you know, a rod like this isn't cheap, guys. I mean, it's going to run you three to four hundred bucks, uh, but it's a rod that you buy at one time and you're pretty much set for the most part. So, that's the setup uh, on the reel. I like fishing monofilament when I'm fishing live bait for the most part. Um, I like having that stretch. If I hook a bigger fish and he takes me into the column, I feel like I have a better chance of getting him out having that stretch as opposed to braided line. When he hits a corner, bing, there you go. See ya, you know? So that's just my philosophy. Um, couple different ways you can approach using the live bait, okay? You could fish it free line, which is just pretty much either connecting, you know, a line-to-line knot, you know, from your main line to the leader, um, such as, like, the FG knot or, you know, a Yucatan to a, a spider hitch or a double uni, whatever you want to use, or you can use a small maybe double strength swivel, um, you know, in the, I'd say 80 to hundred pound class, that should do it fine. Um, and then for your hook, uh, I always like using the, uh, the Mustad black nickel 9174 or 75s, I believe. Um, that's kind of my go-to the size of the hook I'm typically using is a six to an eight O. It really just depends on the size of the, the bait. If it's a bigger bait, I'm going to try and use a little bit bigger hook. But just to give you some scale, um, you know, an 8 to 10 inch mullet with a 7.0 hook, you, you should be good to go. All right. Um, you can also fish that same rig, you know, if you're using the, the barrel swivel to attach. Before you attach the barrel swivel, just run a 2 to 4 ounce egg sinker above the barrel swivel okay and that's going to pin your bait to the bottom and keep it off the bottom maybe a foot or two and that's a, a deadly effective tactic for catching big snook okay um, a lot of these bigger fish are lazy you know they they kind of just hover along the bottom and wait for things to come to them so you bounce that you know that bait along the bottom not with the natural flow of the tide and you're good to go. And as bycatch, you may run into like Kubera Snapper, um, you know, Goliath Grouper, whatever. Not, not a bad deal either way. So um, that's pretty much the live bait deal. Uh, one th little quick tip too, when you're live bait fishing with these uh, live bait hooks, the way I like to set up on a fish is I'll actually you know, treat it as a circle hook. So when the fish runs, okay, and goes the other way, I just lock down. You don't want to swing the rod. You don't need to. Um, he's already got the, the, the bait in his mouth. So as long as you lock it up and, and just kind of have your drag set accordingly, you should be good to go. Okay. Um, regardless if you're fishing live bait or, you know, not natural bait or uh or lures 
Uh, you're going to want to present your baits in a manner where it's kind of keeping that bait in the strike zone. And a lot of times when you're fishing bridges or docks, uh, the fish are going to pretty much be right up in that structure. So you're going to want to present the bait, you know, five to ten feet in front of that structure. So you're casting it up current and just kind of letting it flow naturally back into the fish. Okay, if it's coming up from behind them, it just doesn't look natural. So, you know, keep that in mind, you know, pay attention to these little nuances. Um, look for eddies, you know, wherever the water kind of breaks off and slows down or speeds up. That's where these fish are going to stage up and ambush a lot of the baits. Um, the type of baits that you're going to be using, you know, when it comes to live bait, you're going to be uh, looking for mullet, pinfish, um, sand perch, mahara, anything like that. Um, I typically am, uh, for the most part, a mullet guy or perch. Uh, in the spring, here in Florida, we actually get a pretty good run of mullet, but also we get a spring run of sand perch. And I don't know if too many... Uh, of you guys know this, but bigger snook, and I'm talking again, fish pushing 20 pounds. Um, they they love sand perch. You know, they they really go after sand perch. They crush them. Um, a lot of times when I'm fishing sand perch, I'm fishing them free line, and there's no mistaking when they hit a sand perch, it's it's a, it's a harder bite because they got to crush the dorsal spine that you know, these bait fish have, which is a little bit tougher than the mullet or a pinfish. Um, so they really, when they attack a sand perch, they just wallop it. Um, so there's, there's a couple good bait choices. The way you're going to want to rig these baits is if you're fishing them, you know, kind of with the natural flow of the tide, you're going to nose hook them for the most part. Okay. If you're fishing them in an area where there isn't much tide or it's slack tide, then you can actually throat hook them just underneath their throat, uh, although, you know, they won't last that long that way. Um, or you can hook them, you know, right above uh, the dorsal, and that works well too. Um, if you're going to want to throw lures, um, one of my go-to lures is a swim bait. I love throwing swim baits. I just think it's a very natural-looking lure in the water. Um you want to stick to something that has between a 5 to an 8 inch, maybe a 9 inch profile. That seems to be the sweet spot, you know, for a lot of these bigger fish. Um, and just stick to, to color patterns that are kind of natural, you know, native, native color patterns. The way you're going to want to fish a swim bait is you're going to cast it, you know, again, along the structure, let it hit the bottom. Just a nice steady retrieve usually works. Um, if you want to do a little bit stop and go and change it up, you can also try that. Sometimes uh, one retrieve will outdo the other. So you, that's why it's good to, to have a buddy with you is to kind of test. You know, if one of you guys is doing one retrieve, the other one's doing the other. You know, one's usually going to work better than the other and you could kind of learn from each other that way, you know. Um, the other lure that's very very effective and has been for god 
50 plus years is the jig throwing a, a you know a flare hawk that's a that's a go-to for guys in the winter and even into the spring uh, some guys throw them year-round but those are, seem to be the two times a year that I do pretty well with the jigs um, the jig what's cool about it is it keeps the bait near the bottom right it keeps the you know the, the presentation right along the bottom where these fish are staged up so the way you're going to want to fish a jig is you're going to cast it up current you're going to let it swing back into the bridge or along you know wherever these fish are going to be holding and just kind of bump it along the bottom uh, occasionally just swimming the jig after it hits the bottom <clears throat> will get you the bite too if they're really aggressive then then they'll thump it that way but usually it's just a nice steady bump along the bottom I think they they believe it's a either a shrimp or a squid, um, maybe even a crab. Uh, I don't think it's they they believe it's a bait fish. I, I'm thinking it you know again it's more of a, a crustacean, some type of crustacean or a, uh, you know or squid or or cuttlefish actually. Uh, believe it or not, you know years ago when I was um, a quick little story when I was fishing um, you know one of the local piers. And I was fishing shrimp for for these fish. Um, I was looking down in the lights, and all of a sudden, I see this cuttlefish, and it's a pretty good sized cuttlefish, and it's just kind of chilling there under the the lights, you know, the shadow, right, just past the shadow line. And I look down again, and I see this snook that's probably fifteen to twenty pounds just come up and one one slurp takes the whole cuttlefish. It was awesome, and Right there, I found out that snook eat cuttlefish. <laughs> it was pretty cool. So, yeah, any anything like that, I mean, snook are, are pretty opportunistic. They eat just about anything. Um, but those are a couple of the, you know, the go-to lures that I, I've done really well with. Um, I hope you guys have uh, learned something here. This one's a little bit longer. As you can tell, I'm pretty passionate uh, about you know, this particular fishing, you know, it's kind of what I grew up doing. So if you guys have any questions, don't hesitate to, you know, hit us up on Instagram, uh, like us on Facebook, check out our YouTube channel too, or, or send us a message through the website. We appreciate all the feedback and God bless. Thank you.